Hey, the transfer portal is heating up and we're going to talk about it and more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. He's Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. And Josh, the transfer portal continues to be the gift that gives and the gift that takes, and we'll continue to discuss that here. So on the live stream, we kind of broke down a lot of the news and notes um, that came out on Monday on the first open day of the transfer portal. But let's talk wide receivers first of all, because – a couple names popped up or really several names popped up over the last 24, 36 hours that are of some interest to the Oklahoma Sooners. They issued offers to Rara Thomas out of Mississippi state, Dante Cephas out of Kent state. And then there's some buzz about Braylon Presley um, from Oklahoma state. They're attacking the state wide receiver schools uh, or state school wide receivers. And so I guess just from a, a big picture view, you know, there's talk, you know, Trayvon West is gone. Brian Darby's gone. Theo East is gone. And we don't know who else. Like, it's still early. The bowl hasn't happened yet. We know a lot of players that are playing in the bowl may not end up playing for Oklahoma next year. They just might be kind of buying their time, waiting to declare for the transfer portal, and just still kind of seeing where they stand. And we know that there's another transfer portal period later on down the road as well. So, a lot could still kind of be shaken up, but you lose three wide receivers. Marvin Mims, his status for 2023 is still up in the air. Really, all you have is Jaleel Farouk and hopefully Drake Stoops returns as well. So what is it, what it looks like to Oklahoma is that they need to add wide receivers. So when you look at these three that are kind of coming up, like what does it mean for Oklahoma? And what, are their, what does it mean for their wide receiver group? I think that you're in the business to add multiple wide receivers. And I think we've seen Oklahoma clearly take that approach, right? With, uh, with Thomas, with Cephas, there's rumblings out there about uh, Presley squared and what that might mean for Oklahoma. And, and that makes sense because frankly, you're already, we know via the portal, right? You you've got three defections in the wide receiver room with West, with Darby, with Weiss. We don't know about Marvin Mims's status, uh, obviously, that would be a huge boon for Oklahoma if he decides to come back. But you're kind of already, I guess, mentally, probably from a roster standpoint, preparing that he's not necessarily going to make the decision, John, to come back. And oh, by the way, I'll take you back to, you know, last offseason where wide receiver because of transfer portal defections a year ago, John, was an area where we kind of thought, OK, yeah, you're good one, two, three, right? With Mims, with Weiss, with Farouk. But after that, maybe there's some depth questions. Yeah, you're good with, you know, a Drake Stoops tossed into that mix as well. But after those four, 
some questions about wide receiver depth. Really needed Jaden Gibson. Really needed Nick Anderson to step right in, step right up right away, and be difference makers for Oklahoma. And, and that didn't really happen for OU. And so where does that leave us at when we start talking about some of these um, losses in the transfer portal already in what might still be on the way, John? It puts Oklahoma in the market. I think to add as many as three, four out of the transfer portal at the wide receiver position and to not really call that crazy. You're only right now bringing in Jaquay's Petaway and uh, Keon Brown, right, in terms of wide receivers. Jacoby Johnson is somebody that has played wide receiver a lot for Mustang in high school, but Oklahoma, they're not looking at him that way. They're looking at him as a defensive back. Maybe a tease, right? Maybe a Micah tease before it's all said and done, you bring in as a third wide receiver to this class. But, but all of that is a long way to say that I think Oklahoma is absolutely in the market to bring in three, four guys out of the transfer portal that are wide receivers. And frankly, John, they need to. And they need to bring in guys that have a ton of experience, in my opinion, because, yeah, you got Drake Stoops. He's a really good player for what you want him to be, but he's not a wide receiver one. I mean, he's not even technically like really a wide receiver two. And I don't think you want him to be. He can be an effective player, but do you really want to be like feeding him eight targets a game, nine targets a game? Probably not. Unless you just really decide to, you know, emphasize the the short to intermediate passing game and you're looking to make him your Wes Welker. If that's the case, then fine. But that just means you're going to put him through a lot of work. And I, is he ready for 100 targets, so to speak? I don't I don't think that's his game. Uh, Jalil Farouk, he showed some really good things at times this season, had some games where it was just it was just bad. I mean, just and I think he'd be the first person to tell you that. Is he somebody that can take another step forward to being a wide receiver one? Maybe. I think he's got the athleticism. He's got the balls, like the the skills with the ball in his hands to be an effective playmaker for you. It's just, we need to see him take that step. You know, we talked, we've talked a lot as we've discussed the transfer portal about setting yourself up with a really solid floor and hoping that your, your young guys can raise that floor or they can kind of burst through that and, and give you a higher ceiling. But I think you got to add some veteran players. If you add a Thomas or a Cephas or one or both of the Presley brothers, as is kind of becoming more of a possibility, then it puts you in a really, really good position. Like you, you don't need to add any more guys that are like of the, the JJ Hester's or the LV Bunkley Shelton's guys that have a little bit of experience, but they're kind of more rotational guys, not frontline starters. I really think that they need to be in the market for a frontline starter, especially if it's looking like Marvin Mims is going to go to the NFL. If that does indeed be the case and you are, you really need a starter. Like you get, need a guy that's got the, the ledger that has, you know, 650 yards receiving, you know, half a dozen touchdowns or, or better uh, to be able to add to your roster because you need somebody that's going to be able to take the pressure off of Dylan Gabriel, take the pressure off of Drake Stoops and Jalil Farouk to be those guys. If they become those guys, great. That's fantastic. But you need somebody that's got more experience, more production. Um, bringing Austin Stogner back it helps the passing game, but even he, his production isn't great. You know, like, you're hoping that when he comes back, he can have a Braden Willis-type breakout season. But I think you still need help at the wide receiver position. Well, and for everything you just talked about, you've, you've got some of that seemingly that's about to be hanging out there, whether that's Braylon Presley we in the unknown category or Brendan Presley in the known category, right? 
That's 61 grabs, 739 yards, which sounds a lot like the type of production that you were talking about with Brennan Presley. Dante Cephas, 48 grabs this past season, 744 yards. And let's see, three scores. And actually, the year before that, guess what? 82 receptions, 1,240 yards, nine touchdowns for Cephas. Yes, that's uh, at Kent State. That's not at the Power 5 level. But uh, what about a Ra Ra Thomas, right? 44 grabs, 626 yards, seven touchdowns. So these are guys that, again, across the board there, save for uh, obviously the younger Presley, have had leading type uh, receiving roles for their respective teams. And a couple of those guys, obviously, at the uh, Power 5 level, which is something for Oklahoma, John, that I think it's, it's okay to bring one group of five guy in. I'm not saying that uh, – Look, uh, there's some really, really talented transfer guys from the group of five ranks that have proven their worth and they're going to make that jump up. But uh, we kind of have seen that not necessarily always work out too. So I'm, all I'm saying is if you got proven power five gold, then, you know, with the Ra Ra Thomas, that's kind of, that's an attractive thing, right? Somebody that you've seen at Mississippi State versus SEC opponents go out and have 44 grabs. So to me, uh you know, just given kind of where Oklahoma's at, look, if you ask me how many of those guys should Oklahoma take, I'd say take every single last one of them. Yeah, you can't have enough talent on your team. And, you know, the iron sharpens iron mentality. The more talent you have, the more opportunity you're going to improve or that competition is going to allow the cream to rise to the top. Um, so I, I think it's a really good idea to just bring in a multi-faceted group of wide receivers too, because I think they're different players. You know, Cephas is different than Ra Ra Thomas. Brennan Presley adds a whole different element to your roster that, that you really don't have, especially as a kick returner, punt returner. So there's good options out there. It's a diverse set of options. And I think if you could add all three of those guys, four of those guys, including Braylon, that's huge for you. After the break, we're going to talk about what is what does it look, what does it mean for Oklahoma that you've lost the guys that you've lost in the transfer portal? What does it mean for Brent Venables? How are they stacking or trying to recreate this roster? We'll talk about that after Josh talks to you about LinkedIn. Ah, LinkedIn, the perfect place to go when these days, every new potential hire feels like that high stakes wager for your small business and you want to know that you're 100% certain you've got access to the best qualified candidates available. And again, that's why you go to LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, they're going to help find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's uh, very, very easy. You just create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. You add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And that's why, guess what, John? Small businesses rate, rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So again, uh, check it out where uh, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Where are you at with where Oklahoma is at of what they've lost out of the transfer portal right here today? Is there anything, any player that you wonder about maybe putting their name into the portal that you, you really need Oklahoma to keep? Or is there anybody that's kind of already been in that category for you? 
where is Oklahoma at in terms of if you're waking up December 7th, listening to this episode, maybe it's later in the week, but uh, where is Oklahoma at in terms of what's happened in the transfer portal right now and what I guess does Oklahoma still need to avoid in terms of the transfer portal? Yeah. So first let's just talk about what I think they need to avoid. And, you know, as bad as the defensive depth or the defense was uh, throughout the 2022 season, I really don't think you, you want to lose a whole lot of depth. And I know that that sounds weird, right? Like you don't want to lose players off of a bad defense. What you want to do is add to it and create competition and let that competition determine who's going to play and who's not. But in this day and age, it's probably unlikely that that's going to happen. I think as Oklahoma brings in a Deshaun McCullough from Indiana through the transfer portal, if that does indeed happen and crystal balls are projecting it, he's a, he was a very productive pass rusher as a true freshman for the Hoosiers in the big 10. So potentially that's a guy that, that could come in and play for you right away. So then what does that mean for your, your edge group, your defensive ends, you know, Ethan Downs, Reggie Grimes, um, Marcus Stripling, our Mason Thomas. What does that mean for those guys? Well, I think our Mason Thomas is probably safe. Like he's a guy that really flashed a lot, saw an upward trajectory and snaps throughout the season and, and made an impact when he got in the game. Now, were there some True freshman mistakes, absolutely. Lining up in the neutral zone, jumping off sides, just really eager to make a play, you know, and then grabbing a face mask. Like it, it just it happens. Like you make freshman mistakes sometimes. Will he learn from those things? Absolutely. But you saw the talent, like you saw the get off, his ability to get off the line of scrimmage at the snap was crazy fast. Like his quickness is something that Oklahoma really didn't have uh, elsewhere. You know, Ethan Downs, Reggie Grimes, Marcus Stripling solid players, but they don't have the quickness and the, uh, the bend that you look for in kind of a, a, an elite pass rusher, somebody that can get around the corner and get to the quarterback. So I think he's safe. I think Ethan Downs, he's an Oklahoma guy. Like he's staying, I'd imagine Reggie Grimes, if you know, he's going to come back to my question is going to be Marcus Stripling. Um, I don't know where he stands with this coaching staff. He had a, a really good, you know, Alamo bowl had a, Really good. Was it Alamo Bowl? Alamo Bowl. Sorry, I'm blanking now. Um, really good Alamo Bowl. Played well in the spring game and then just seemed to get lost in the shuffle uh, during the regular season. And so that, that that's a guy that I think could ultimately end up in the transfer portal of you know your defensive line guys that had you know playing time or I wouldn't even say make an in, made an impact, but played played some snaps for you. Um, but I don't really see a whole lot of guys right now. Uh, that are leaving other than guys that didn't play, you know what I mean? Or people that were looking for more opportunities like a Theo Weiss, you know, everybody else that's left didn't play for Oklahoma and didn't really earn any snaps. And so the writing was kind of on the wall for them, you know, whether it's Kendall Dennis or Bryson Washington or Joshua Eaton or Nick Evers, or, I mean, just a lot of guys that, that were kind of roadblocked, right. And weren't going to, get, you know, you talk about the defensive backs, like it's pretty clear Gentry Williams, Robert Spears Jennings were above those guys on the depth chart because they got more snaps. You started seeing them later in the year and they were just better. Like you saw flashes from them in the playmaking department. Uh, and so I, I look at kind of what's left right now. And yeah, I think there'll be some guys, maybe an Aaron parks. That's a guy. I, I think you don't want to lose him because yeah, you don't have a lot of offensive tackle options right now on the roster. You have Tyler Guyton, who I, I pretty much projected right now is going to start for this team. 
unless they're able, unless they add two guys or Jacob Sexton and Jake Taylor really rise to the occasion and take over those starting roles. I think Tyler Guyton's going to be in line to start probably at right tackle for the Sooners, but you don't want to lose any other offensive line depth because you don't have a whole lot right now and you're probably going to have to add to it. So that's kind of one area the, the, the trenches really are the two areas that I'm looking at. I'm like, okay, you can't really afford to lose those guys. Are, is there another, uh, another position that you think that, okay, we can't afford to lose this guy, whether it's to the NFL or to the transfer portal. I don't, you know, think that you're in any danger of losing some of the stars from this team that are, are younger guys, but it would obviously be problematic if somebody like a Stutzman entered uh, their name into the portal. I don't see any reason why that would be something that Oklahoma fans have to concern themselves with. But uh, if it, if it did happen, then for a six and six team right now, depending upon what's going to happen in this, this bowl game versus Florida state, that would be alarming, right? Where, where is this program at? But all of a sudden everything stays in place. These guys, I mean, like if the transfer portal door in terms of outgoing stops right here, then all of a sudden with what you're adding out of the transfer portal with the McCullough, what you're signing in this class, John, I think Oklahoma's got a chance to come out pretty good on the other side of this thing. I mean, if, if this is what you're losing right now, then it's going to be okay. Uh, you know, I, we've talked about it to me, Roberts and Tarber. I hate losing those two just because of the sheer size that uh, each of those two guys is. And you're kind of, trying to find that guy, but you have added a, a Lacey there out of the portal. Clayton Smith, again, you know, with a team that wasn't all that great at rushing the passer for most of the season, if you couldn't find your way onto the field this season, then maybe the writing was on the wall there. And I like, you know, LeBlanc and others that they're bringing into this class. So I think, I think OU's okay if, again, it stops right here right now and just the key contributors stay put at Oklahoma, which it – it seems like they're going to, right? Seems like most of the losses from the transfer portal, dare I say, kind of what's expected. Guys that haven't played a bunch of snaps, save for a Theo Wies. Yeah, and they're not really losses, you know? And so, like, to me, if you're looking at losses, you're looking at probably guys that might be late NFL draft declarations. We've already had, you know, Wanya Morris, Anton Harrison declare for the draft. Eric Gray declared for the draft. Jalen Redmond took a senior bowl invite or accepted a senior bowl invite. He's going to the NFL draft, but you might still see several more like a, you know, Chris Murray. Like he's, I, I can't remember if he's got eligibility left or not. I, I always forget on him, but maybe like a Woody Washington, you know, I don't think he's somebody that should declare for the draft. I think he should come back for another year because you don't really have a whole lot of cornerback, op, you know, cornerback options. You probably need to make sure that you retain him, you know, I think he can be a better player than what he showed in 2022. I feel like we've seen better Woody Washington than we saw this year. If you can bring back him and CJ Colden and you kind of have those guys that you're, you know, at least your floor at cornerback and maybe somebody rises to the occasion, like a, a, a Gentry Williams and takes one of those jobs, or he becomes like your slot corner, then maybe you're feeling a little bit better about things, but you, yeah, you don't really have a whole lot of depth to, to lose you don't have guys like waiting in the wings to kind of be that guy except for a gentry williams or a josiah wagner coming in as a true freshman you know to earn playing time um so it's going to be really fascinating to see because again i I think we're still very early in the transfer portal i think guys could declare after the bowl game you know they could decide to go after the spring game and and make it late and so that'll be really interesting another name that we got to talk about in the transfer portal josh is jt daniels 
And I want to get your thoughts on him potentially for the Oklahoma Sooners, but I want to do that after I talk to y'all about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest place to bet on all your favorite sports. They've got great info, news, and analysis as well. It's the number one source for sports betting. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. They've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love to get in on all the action, again, that's the place to get started. It's the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. So JT Daniels entered the transfer portal again. This is, I think, the first uh, journeyman quarterback. You see that all the time in the NFL, but this might be the very first time you've seen it in college. I'm thinking of it like when I saw that he'd entered the transfer portal, the guy that I thought of initially was like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who played for like every team across like 18 seasons in the NFL. Uh, not every team, but it felt like he played for every team. Um, but JT Daniels is looking now for what his fourth team um, in college. You know, he was at USC, then he went to Georgia, then West Virginia, um, or some order in there. What would you think about adding JT Daniels as your backup quarterback, your Davis Bevel kind of replacement for this team? Well, I, I think. Uh... I think it'd be a great ad if you could swing it and make it happen. Right. I mean, this is somebody that in JT Daniels has multiple years starting experience. Now, granted a, a little bit of that maybe was, was split up. Right. But definitely this, the entirety of this past season with West Virginia, this is somebody that has won football games. I don't know that you're bringing him to Oklahoma as a starting quarterback though. Anytime you can, foster a little competition throughout the offseason. I think that's great. So if you throughout the offseason kind of had a JT Daniels coming in that was competing with the Dylan Gabriel for the job, I think Dylan Gabriel would win the competition and have the job. But uh, probably that's a, a win-win-win for Oklahoma under that scenario. Having said that, JT Daniels I don't think is coming to Norman, Oklahoma, right? Which I'm trying to figure out why he's leaving West Virginia. What, what situation is he going to find that is possibly going to get better than what he had at West Virginia, where he's a starting quarterback, power five starting quarterback? I don't know, based on what we've seen from his career, John, that he's got a guaranteed starting gig almost anywhere else that's big-time college football. So I, I thought this uh, was a curious move. I almost wonder if he wasn't so politely told, yeah, we're going to be okay if you want to explore the transfer option. Because it just it seems that curious to me that he'd found himself the starter for West Virginia, and now all of a sudden he's looking to start somewhere else, which, again, I don't know where he's going to wind up. But to me, he's, uh, he's not the definition of a high Power 5-level starter. I think he's a serviceable Power 5-level starter and would be beneficial to Oklahoma if he came here. But, again, this is somebody that, since he's got starting Power 5 experience, John – Probably he's not coming somewhere to be a backup. No, probably not. But I would like to explore the option. Like I would, I would like to entertain that. If I'm Brent Venables and Jeff Levy, I'm I'm looking at that and be like, hey, come on, you you don't really have much of an NFL career, but hey, why don't you get your foot in the door with us? If you have any interest in coaching, come be the backup to Dylan Gabriel. If something happens, you'd get the option to to, to play first, probably. If they're wanting to retain Jackson Arnold's red shirt. And who knows what could happen, but I think you're right. I don't think that that's a legitimate option for the Oklahoma Sooners because 
you're, I think he's going to find a starting job somewhere. I don't know if it'll be a power five job unless it's at somewhere like Houston or, you know, BYU is losing Jaron Hall. Like if he goes to somewhere that's maybe like that fringe power five team that is moving up to the power five, or I mean, honestly, just go to a group of five team, like go, go to a group of five school, have a great season and you could still potentially get drafted. Uh, just you haven't lived up to the hype of being one of the best quarterbacks in your, in your recruiting class. Uh, you got replaced by Garrett green and lost your job. So I, I think you just need to go maybe like an SMU, you know what I mean? Like somewhere that might have some profile and you know, in the, in the American, you're going to get some good competition. Uh, even if it's not from UCF, Cincinnati and Houston anymore, it's at least, you know, you got Tulane, you got Tulsa that provides, you know, solid competition from the group of five. So, yeah, I, I don't think that Oklahoma would be in the market for a guy like JT Daniels. But if they're going to look to add a quarterback, I want it to be somebody that's better than Davis Bevel. And he's kind of one of the names that kind of came to mind. You know, like, I don't think they're going to be in on Hudson card. I don't think they'll be in on the kid from Baylor. Uh, so I, I think they're, you know, if you're looking for them to add somebody that is going to be a starter or is a starter or was a starter at some point somewhere, probably just cross that out of your mind. Like take those names off the list because everybody that's looking at Oklahoma, they know it's Dylan Gabriel, then it's Jackson Arnold. So you're looking at a stopgap backup quarterback option and maybe JT Daniels fits the bill. By the way, Ryan Fitzpatrick, St. Louis, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Tennessee, Houston, the Jets, the Bucks, the Dolphins, the Commanders. Man, I I, I could have sworn it would have been like half the NFL at least. Well, it just it was, felt like that. It was, uh, let's see here, three-fourths of the AFC East. Yeah. Yeah. And then a lot of the, well, I guess he only played for the commanders. So he didn't play for the NFC East, but anyway, I, I just think it's an interesting name out there. And I know like, and, and somebody mentioned it in the, in the uh, live stream on the show last night, like Donovan Smith. And I know kind of some people poo pooed that idea, but if he'd want to come to Oklahoma to be Dylan Gabriel's backup, man, I would welcome that with open arms. Like give me all the Donovan Smith. I know he threw some interceptions for Texas tech. I know he got, you know, he lost his job to Henry Shuck or Tyler Shuck and uh or baron morton but the dude's an athletic player he can run he can throw a little bit i mean he he was the quarterback when uh uh when tech beat texas when tech beat texas earlier in the season so the dude's got some skill he's got some ability a little bit loose with the football absolutely but still a, a solid player nonetheless so it, it'll be interesting to see if they even add anybody at quarterback or if they feel comfortable with bevel and then um, really with Jackson Arnold, like if Bevel's the backup, it's kind of more ceremony. It's not really a, Hey, you're actually the backup. If something were to happen to Dylan Gabriel, it's Jackson Arnold time, Jackson Arnold time. And that's what it needs to be because he's the future and you might as well start preparing for the future. Probably not. Right. But is there any interest or would there be any chance Zach Calzada? Maybe. I mean, that, that sort of, to me, is uh, – I mean, that's not as good as JT Daniels, by the way. But that's at least somebody that, again, has played some football. Keaton Slovis? Yeah, I mean, again, it, it's it's a guy with experience. You know, he he's played a lot of Power 5 football and, you know, wasn't great. But is he better than Davis Bevel? Probably. Drew Pine? I couldn't tell you anything about him. <laughs> 
<laughs> played quarterback uh, at Notre Dame. I mean, these just uh, as an yeah, illustration I mean, of the types of names that Oklahoma, I think, if you're adding a quarterback, would have a chance with, right? Like even Colin Schley, you're not probably bringing Colin Schley to Norman, right? He's making the jump up to be a starting quarterback, not a backup from Kent State to Oklahoma, right? Spencer Sanders, obviously not coming to Norman to to be a starting quarterback or a backup quarterback, right? right. Uh, DJ Uyunglele, not a realistic option for Oklahoma. So just kind of the names that are in the the transfer portal. Hudson Card, like you mentioned, I don't think is realistic for Oklahoma, though. I would welcome Hudson Card. Yeah, I would Oklahoma too. As a, a backup quarterback. I don't think it's realistic, but uh, those are the yeah. types of names I think you're looking at. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to uh, to Cammie Griffin, who runs the Long the Longhorns Wire. He's getting, like, Georgia buzz, potentially taking over for Stetson Bennett. So, like, that's <laughs> – that's that's how his market looks right now. I know there's a lot of like Drake made a Georgia buzz as well, but if Hudson Card's kind of like the backup, you know, option, the secondary option, it kind of fits. Like you don't need him to be, you know, a Heisman Trophy winning or Heisman Trophy candidate at Georgia. You need him just to score a few points and not turn the ball over. So I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. Like the transfer portal is so fascinating right now. And I don't think we're like, I'm, I'm in the locked on group chat with all those other, you know, college hosts. And most of them are talking about like the guys that they're losing in the transfer portal haven't really played They're They're younger guys or they're guys buried on the depth chart that haven't really contributed a whole lot. And then there's a few of these quarterbacks that have played a lot that have jumped into the portal. There's not a lot of like star power right now in the portal. I don't know if people are just kind of waiting to see what the NIL deals are going to look like, but it's it's really interesting. It's not like you don't have a, a guy like a Jordan Addison right now in the portal. So if I'm Georgia, why would I take why would I take Hudson Card when I could take Spencer Sanders? That's a great question. Maybe Spencer Sanders turns the ball over for you a little bit too much. I think the upside is so much higher, though. It, it's very high, and if you can kind of corral that a little bit uh, in the in the same way that maybe. Uh, Kansas state was able to turn Adrian Martinez into somebody who had really good ball security. And for the most part this year, Spencer Sanders showed really good ball security. It's just like the Oklahoma game. It just all went to crap um, with some of the decisions that he made. Now, some of them were like some miscommunications between him and the receivers. Uh, Some, I think one of them was off of a tip ball. Like it just all went bad for Spencer Sanders in that game, but it's an intriguing option for sure. Yeah. I just find that fascinating. I'm just saying, if you're scooping up quarterback from the Big 12 Conference and from Oklahoma's rivals, I would point you in the direction of Sanders over Card or to our Georgia Bulldog friends. Yeah, I mean, he he's a gamer, man. Like, he's a tough dude that's going to play with his heart and, and play with passion and adds a lot in the running game, you know, and, and that and Georgia loves to run the football, you know, and so if you, became, you, you add him, you add a whole new read option element to your run game, that's, that's crazy good. And then you just tell Spencer just, don't take risks. Don't turn the ball over. There might be times where we ask you to force it a little bit, but you don't have to just lay back, let the defense kind of like what he did in you know 2021 when Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State's defense was elite. Up until the, the Baylor game, he'd showed really good ball security and then was, I don't know, man, that Baylor game again was like the Bedlam game this year, just quicksand all of a sudden for, for Spencer Sanders. But then you know, puts it together, puts together a really strong second half and has them within inches of winning that game. So, I mean, Spencer Sanders has a really high ceiling. 
but he can definitely hurt you with some turnovers. But I got all the respect for Spencer Sanders. He, he turned me into a fan this year um, when I was probably one of the the locked on hosts that was um, not as high on Spencer Sanders. We'll just put it that way. So we'll, we'll continue to follow the transfer portal. I mean, it's, it's the thing that's all the buzz right now. We're going to have Parker Thune on the show for Wednesday night. So that video will be in your, on your YouTube side Wednesday night. The podcast will be dropping on your feed on Thursday morning. So get ready for that. We'll talk with Parker about all the latest on the recruiting trail, the transfer portal trail as well. Just getting his insight uh, Parker Thune from OU Insiders at 247 Sports will bring all the deets. Uh, but until then, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. We'll catch you then. Talk to you then. Boomer sooner. <laughs>